and welcome to the Cuties Podcast. I'm Jen. And I'm Joe. And you're listening to episode six. All right, everybody. We're here today with our dear friend, fellow Soho House collaborator, internationally recognized Canadian artist who addresses issues of race, queer culture, immigration, protests, and other forms of collective movement. He is always seeking to create new spaces and forms of agency and is always rooted in collaboration and fostering solidarity. It is such a huge, huge pleasure to introduce the beloved Brennan Fernandez to the show. Uh, thank you. My, I'm like gripping my heart and hugging myself right now. Uh, thank you, but welcome and um, for giving me like so much like positive light and energy today. I'm so excited to be chatting with you guys. Well, I feel like you always give us that both through friendship and through your art. So we're just excited to see you and the sun today. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. But first off, we love to ask this to everyone on our show. Who are you quarantining with? Where are you quarantining? How are you quarantining? Give us your lowdown. Okay, so I am quarantining on my own. It's a challenge. I'm here in Chicago. I was in New York when this all started, and I hustled back home to Chicago. And I am now, this is day, I think it's 45. Oh, and man. so it's been a challenge uh, being on my own. Um, as you know, like from us just constantly being in conversation, I'm always traveling. I'm always on the go. I'm a social beast, I will call myself. And so I'm learning a lot about life and new life and new challenges, but being resilient and being positive as much as I can. Brennan, so we met, um, I guess it would have been two summers ago at Sungay, which was my first actually like time working with Joe and her swimsuits, not even working, drinking with Joe and her swimsuits <laughs> in the pool and everything. And you have such an interesting story. So I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about where you grew up and how you got to where you are today. Uh, sure. And I totally remember that day and the Sunday days are, were amazing. And I look forward to more rooftop pool days uh, when we can all gather and celebrate each other. Uh, but yeah, I grew up in uh, Kenya. I was born in Nairobi, Kenya, and my family emigrated to Canada in 1989. Um, when we moved to Canada, I started to become more involved in the arts. As a child, I think I was always inclined to drawing and painting um, and like the visual arts. But in Canada, I, I got an opportunity to think more uh, in theater, musical theater, and dance. And then dance became a big thing for me. Um, and I studied dance uh, all through college, and I started making art at the same time. Um, I did a double degree in visual arts and dance. Uh, but in my senior year of college, I tore my hamstring, and I decided, you know, it was just this rigorous kind of mental you know, breakdown. It was like a physical, mental, emotionally breakdown where I was just like, I need a break from this. I can't do this anymore. So I kind of focused on my art. Um, I did an MFA and I focused on my, 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 my cultural identity in that work, looking at my Kenyan uh, upbringing, my being raised in Canada, but being of Indian descent, uh, fifth generation born in Kenya, but of Indian descent. And I started making work about post-colonial narratives, the ideas of where my family was from, food culture, um, you know, fashion, um, things like textiles, all these things, artifacts were all being part of the work. And then I moved to New York in 2006 to study at the Whitney Independent Study Program. And there I was really pushing these ideas, but I got reintroduced to dance. You know, New York is such a, such a city that has a vibrant dance community. And even though I was super anxious or nervous about re-entering dance, because it had been years before, you know, I 
since I've danced, you know, myself. Uh, but I started working with dance again. And so in my current work, I look also at narratives of post-colonial history of dance um, through mask culture in Africa and how museums have taken masks and put them in their collections, but we don't have to dance with them anymore. But I also look at the question of labor as we perform, we are working. And so I'm trying to create valid, like a validity, uh, a value to what we do as performers. Um, and I also think about, you know, the kind of strange dynamics of power in dance. You know, I dance in a ballet um, world for many years and there's a structure of hegemony. So I use that structure of power to even look at just greater society. How is society structured? You know, how is our, our dynamics of power different you know, in government versus how it is in a dance company. So those kind of structures. So that's kind of a little bit about what I do as an artist. Um, and um, yeah, and I always say my work is intersectional. It's between dance and visual arts. It's about making, not being binary. It's about being many things. So like even, you know, collaboration is something that's so important to me. I work with so many dancers. They work with me. We give exchange. I've worked with Joe on amazing projects. You know, I love I'm, working with you. I love working with you too. I have ideas. Just, just to wait. Um, <laughs> I'm ready. This is all over. Just to wait. But I just think that there's, there's such a special space in collectivity of gathering and being with each other and finding solidarity um, through collaboration. And I think right now in this current moment, we're being challenged in such a way where we're asking ourselves to be collective and find solidarity but we can't be with each other so that's something that I've really been thinking through a lot right now does you know I love the way you talk about intersection one word that comes to mind when you talk about your art and when someone says Brendan Fernandez to me I think dynamic like the Meryl Streep of, yes. <laughs> of of intersection of art and dance like you can play so many roles and you can create so many different visions and i i feel a lot of your art audience and members of the creative space would wonder what goes into creating a piece um they're so highly curated and every detail is accounted for whether it's a political statement whether it's pulling from history and then creating a physical product along with the dance movement around that what goes into your art shows it's production it is definitely production and that's where i think it's hybrid where it's more like a dance production where i'm working with you know a stage manager. I'm working with like a dramaturg. I'm working with a rehearsal, um, a rehearsal coach. I'm working with all these people, and then my dancers. So there's so many people that come together to make what I do. Uh, you know, and with costumes, like Joe and I have collaborated on making costumes for the Whitney um, Biennial. Um, I think about sound. I think about you know. So it's it's many components, and I kind of understand the structure now and how what what it entails. And so I'm kind of used to that, um, that, that idea of how to make my work. Cause it's, you know, cause sometimes even though it's my work, it's sometimes a challenge to be like, what is this going to be? But I, I understand the process because I've done it now, but it really does mean collaboration and exchange with many people, you know, even just dancing as a dancer, you dance in collectivity. You have to feel each other without touching each other. And that's a really important space. How do we move together? Like I always think about the corps de ballet. In a, in a ballet company. So um, the, 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 the rank of the core are, is the body of the ballet. That's what it translates to. But they all move together. Like usually they, work, they dance in unison. Um, and so there's a certain sense of feeling each other. 
So that's something that I think that's a quality that is important that I possess. I'm good with working with people and I can position people in certain ways and understand, but it's really about, you know, a collectivity. It's a Brendan Fernandez installation. It's a Brendan Fernandez artwork, but it comes with so much other, you know, back information or back story. Like there are so many layers to it. Yeah, definitely. Do you ever feel like, or has it, have you ever had a vision and knowing the layers and the elements that go into creating them, have you ever had a vision either change direction from when you originally had the idea or have you ever had an idea that came out with a completely different result? I totally think that process is one thing. I have ideas, but as soon as I take it into the the studio or I take it into the, and when I say the studio, that's when I'm workshopping like a dance vocabulary, things change because I'm asking my dancers to also give me, I'll give them a task or I'll give them a theme and then they'll produce something. And I'm like, Oh, like my body would never do that, but their body will interpret it in such a way. Or when I work with architects, you know, I work a lot with um, an architectural firm here in Chicago and based in New Orleans, uh, Norman and Kelly, you know, I give them my vision. I give them my strange little maquettes or I give them like my strange drawings and then their expertise and their knowledge further influences. And they're like, what about this material? About what about this, um, this, um, structure? Cause uh, in this way, cause it'll probably hold bodies better if they're dancing on it. Or, you know, when I work with you, Joe, you know, we're thinking about materials and how this, the body will move in this fabric. And then I'll give you my, my themes of like what the work's about. And then you'll come back with something. So it's this really porous thing that just keeps growing. It's process. It's something that's really, organic but it always finds a way of having this really fruitful like and successful outcome whatever that means success you know that it's that it's beautiful that it affects people that it it challenges people that it makes people like think is that i think that's what happens i i just love it i feel like jen and i one thing that jen and i i think we vibe on and that we share with you brennan is like we love when something is more than what it is, right? We're all such so complex and we're, we have so many different depths and layers and pieces that go into making us who we are and to create and see a physical thing, especially in the arts. Like it's just the rootedness of your work is I think just so powerful. Thank you. And then just to kind of piggy on that, um, you know, the idea that like once I've made something, there's not, it's not an end that process continues mm-hmm. to the next thing, you know, like then I'm like, Oh, like it worked in that thing. So there's always like a meta critique within the, the, the process that I'm like, I'll take what worked I'll, and I'll change new things. And it's always like just growing. It's always just changing, you know, and, and, and that's the beauty of it. And I'm, that's the exciting part of it all. So, yeah. I think it's so great. Just not, not to ever see an end in any project, you know, we evolve as bodies, as humans, as cultures, as everything. And I think that's just, just the best mentality with any project is like, it is never going to be perfect. There's always a way to evolve and make it better and grow it. And sort of after one glance of your Instagram from someone that may like not know you as well, you're such an avid traveler, fashion lover, speedo wearer. That is for damn sure. Um, you have to get so much of your information from being out and about and with this lockdown and everything being closed, being an artist and having this social creative mind, what are you doing to stay inspired? Yeah, that's the really, you know, interesting thing. You know, I'm being inspired by first, you said I travel a lot. I'm always on the go. I'm always out. I'm having to be physically stop and be still 
And I think stillness is such an important part of my choreography. I'm always trying to choreograph stillness. And for me, I'm always telling my dancers, just stop, hold, and just be in the space. Whether it's meditative or contemplative, just stay there longer. But I can't do that. But now I'm being forced to do it. And so I'm really being giving myself a chance to really rethink and uh, about what I have done in the past year to actually acknowledge my accomplishments, which is really a thing that people don't do. Um, I know, I think from the New York hustle, I just keep going. And now I'm just stopping and I'm like looking at what I've done, but not just to like acknowledge it and say like I did that, but to go really get into the process of like what it was how it's going to let me grow when I, when we can get out of this situation, out of this crisis. And, but also this crisis is going to affect us even after we can, you know, it's over. It's going to have an effect. There's going to be a residue. There's going to be a trauma. So I'm also thinking about like, how will we make dances in the future? How will we make art installations in the future? Um, and so, you know, I've really been thinking about that. Um, I'm also giving myself space to some days be like, I'm not doing anything and that's okay. And that's something for me is really weird. Like I always feel guilt if I'm taking a break or a rest and I'm like, I'll just do it tomorrow and that's fine. So those are like certain ways I'm doing like a, like minor self-care, uh, but I'm really growing and developing. I'm doing um, a lot of yoga um, okay. at home. I have a dear friends in Montreal um, who have a studio called Element and I've been taking their online Zoom classes. And it's my dear friend, Andrew, who I adore. And I miss him, but I get a little kind of connection with him. So yesterday, you know, at the end of class, he just said, you know, like, just breathe into your body and just touch yourself, hug yourself, hold yourself, and just, you know, feel yourself. And I just started to cry. And I just like, I just felt so cathartic. It let me release. So, and I just needed that. So I've been giving myself those kinds of spaces to, to, to gather. I've been reading, um, having conversations with good friends. I'm reading this book. Oh, where is it? oh it's over there. It's a book of poetry called um, by Frank O'Hara. It's called. Let me just pull it up really quickly. Yeah, please do. Yes, please get it. It's called. Um, so Frank O'Hara, um, meditations in an in an emergency. Oh, awesome. great. We'll, be, we'll definitely link that um, on your blog post so people can get that, especially yeah. right and, now. I feel like so and needed. It's, 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 it's a beautiful book. It just And it talks a lot about love and intimacy, but it also has these beautiful moments of like just thinking about how you can make those things happen in this moment now. Um, I've been watching a lot of TV. I've been watching way too much TV, which I never do or watch movies. And I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah. So there's just like moments of chillness that I don't ever have. Like I... I've lived in this apartment almost two years coming in June, but I think I only spent like, like I know between November and December and January, well, November and December, I think I spent two days here. Wow. So I'm really getting to know my place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At home, you know, so. Being which was interesting. Go ahead. Which was interesting too. Um, when I was, when I was, when I was uh, having to make the decision of where to quarantine, I was like, you know, I'm in New York and I spent a lot of time in New York uh, and friends were like, stay with us. Or my friends would say, come to Montreal. But I also have family in Toronto. And I was like, no, I have to come home. Chicago is my home. This is where my place is. This is where my things are. And I just knew that this was going to be a challenging time. And sometimes also being alone, as much as it's challenging, it's also really rewarding. Like, mm-hmm. I- I just can, I'm just 
taking care of myself. And it's really important for me to have just been here. Um, and so that's just something I wanted to say. Like, you know, I think we really feel strange for being alone, but the alone time also is quite empowering. Like I'm really yes. learning a lot about myself um, that I didn't know about. Yeah. It's crazy that, I mean, it's sort of, it's unfortunate that it takes something like this for us to have that moment, but it is so important to be, even though you're alone and you're so annoyed of like not having that social activity or that happy hour or whatever, like the things, little things you learn about yourself, like it's crazy. Even like I, we're, I was talking to Joe about it, like I'm breaking out in different places. Like, please tell me what this is and why I have this reason. And I'm like finding out things that I just like, didn't even realize, but I have one more question for you. So being a creative, we'll just say creative in general. Um, do you keep a to-do list? Do you keep a planner? What keeps you organized or is not being organized the function that helps you work? I love that. I love lists. So I have lots of lists um, and I'm kind of, but I'm being very careful with not making such confirmed deadlines. So I have lists of things to do. Um, I, I'm also still teaching. I teach at Northwestern University in the Department of Art Theory and Practice. So I'm teaching my classes. So that gives me structure. But I always kind of like strive with some semblance of structure. So I'm giving myself to do things to do. Um, I'm also um, did one thing that was kind of cathartic was I went through my calendar because all of my projects have been postponed or canceled until the first thing being rescheduled will be like, like late um, October. And so things that were happening in my, in my schedule, like trips, like right now I should have been in New York. I just took all those things out of my calendar. because I didn't need the reminders. And I think that's a really important thing. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm supposed to be in New York right now. Last week I was supposed to be in Toronto. And so I just started feeling very like, like living in that moment that I couldn't have. So I just did a thing where I just erased all of my, or deleted all the events. So I'm just living in this day right now that's meant for me instead of thinking about a moment that I could have had. And it's been really, really empowering to do that. Um, but yeah, I have my lists. Um, I love I love the, the idea of like crossing something off. Feels oh, so good. It's, I'm a paper person myself. I just... There is nothing more satisfying. So I'm a big doodler, side noter, you know, arrows, all that stuff. I I, I just love your paper. Taking a Sharpie and just oh, right yeah. across something. Oh, yeah. God. So I have my lists, but I'm letting myself be a little bit easy with them. But I actually find that there's days where, you know, like Sunday, for example, I was so productive and I was like on it and I wrote a proposal and I was like thinking about like, I'm also like, I want to use this time to also think about future projects and make connections and do all these things. And then Monday I was like, I don't feel like doing anything and I'm going to take Monday off. And it was fine. Yeah. I, I feel like there are some days it's those spurts of like productivity or even if it's making your bed or doing laundry. I, I said to my husband, it is just so satisfying to feel like you're still achieving goals, even if your goal is to just vacuum. You know what I mean? It can be, they can be big or small, but even when it's like, today I'm going to do nothing and my goal is to do nothing. And that is a totally fine goal. But like having that satisfaction is, is just feel, it's a great feeling that I feel like can seem unattainable when you're stuck in a quarantine. Yeah. And I think that those, I think it's, it's important to acknowledge that those things as achievements, as like, you know, like this, just as simple gestures that let us keep going, you know, like, cause it's tough. We're going through a, a tough time, you know? 
I know. Well, when you talk about gestures, I think this is that is the perfect time to talk about um, our sponsorship platform. Um, to all of our listeners, you know that we don't have sponsors. So what we like to do, because we are a quarantine podcast, we love to highlight organizations or causes that are reaching out to those affected greatly by COVID. Um, we love to ha- play dealer's choice often. So Brendan chose Three Arts, which is a partner of um, the Arts for Illinois Relief Fund, AIRF. I was like, it's a statewide effort that provides financial relief to artists and art organizations with urgent need due to the impact of the COVID pandemic. And through this, three three arts will issue $1,500 unrestricted, no questions asked, one-time grants to eligible artists or organizations that may need this funding. So great. Um, Brendan, I would love for you to talk more about this. Um, as soon as you introduced it to me, I just thought it was a really amazing cause. Um, and it's obviously Chicago, Illinois, local based. Um, do you want to tell everybody a little bit more why you're passionate about that? Well, yeah, as a creative, you know, um, it's sometimes challenging for us to, again, you know, to find work in this time. Um, a lot of projects have been postponed, canceled. As I said, I work with so many people. That means, you know, my work as an artist also affects other people's livelihoods. You know, my dancers are out of work. Um, you know, so, and a lot of us work in, you know, as freelancers. And so it's really important to support us always. But right now it's even more challenging because our theaters are dark. Our art galleries are closed. And so... The ways that we 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 work um, or just like support ourselves isn't there anymore. So I really think it's a, it's an important fund. There's other funds as well, similar, but this one is specific to Chicago and the Illinois, um, you know, area, and it supports dance, film, into like book art, uh, teaching, theater, visual arts, design. So it's it's a, it's an open platform that's giving this to like all types of creatives, and um, it's really important. You know, like right now, arts and culture is a voice uh, it's always been a counterculture voice one that gives you know a space of resistance of and i really think it also just brings you know so much joy and happiness to people's lives and we want to open up the theaters we want to come back again and be thriving and open up the museums and and showcase work and so i think this is a really important way to keep artists going i well i saw this i saw a meme or I it would maybe it was just like a picture of text recently on Instagram and someone had said that they saw this and it said um, I think it's important to remember that in times of darkness we always turn to artists and I think it's just so true you think about your mu- your movies your music um, chefs like everything is a form of art and I think that this is just it gives resources to people who provide us with that. We are the consumer of their product, which is their artistry. Um, you can find this at threearts.org um, and donate directly to the site. Uh, they're taking donations from everyone. Uh, Absolutely. I love that. Thank you. I'm so grateful um, for this plug and the support for our art community. We love it. Brendan, your art is so um, engaging and personal, and it's just so much more than your standard installation that you see. And we've touched on sort of how you're staying engaged um, in general, like you and yourself, but how are you connecting to your audiences and your creative community that are sort of looking to you, including your students, for guidance during this time? 
Well, one way is doing stuff like this. So I'm grateful that you guys can give me a voice and disseminate uh, what I'm doing. And so I'm really happy. Um, I also have been doing other things like this. So I did an artist talk on Zoom with the Aga Khan Museum in Toronto, where I have a show and I was supposed to be doing a performance. I also did uh, a craft night. uh, Our craft night with the Museum of Art and Design in New York, which was super fun. And I made a craft, but I talked about my practice and I talked about what I was doing, but we also, um, you know, we just kind of like talked about, you know, what's happening right now and it was super great. So I've been doing a lot of things like that. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm always giving advice, um, and keeping a presence on social media, my Instagram, writing things, being honest, being vulnerable, being truthful. Um, so showing a side of me that you may not, that may be different than the normal Instagram of traveling and art openings. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just kind of keeping a presence, uh, keeping a, 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 a space. And, you know, people are writing me and asking me for support and asking me if I need support. And I just kind of love that exchange, you know, so it's, it's, um, so it's interesting, like it's all happening, but all through this virtual space, but it's still very like real, it's intimate, it's, it's, it, and it's, it's just so supportive and loving. And I love being able to do that and also so happy to get it back from other people. I feel like people are being a lot more vulnerable behind a screen, um, which is interesting because I feel like if you're going to a therapist appointment or you're talking to a doctor or something like that, for instance, face-to-face is sort of where you're like, okay, I'm going to sort of let it go. Um, But I think in this time of weakness, we are, our emotions are bubbling up and boiling over a little more. And when we're having these moments, even despite a screen, somehow the screen is a barrier of that's okay. They're hearing me, but I can say it in my own quarantine and my own self. And um, I just feel like we're getting almost a lot more out of people than I was expecting. Yeah, I think it's, I think people are just, are breaking, you know, I think in the, in the fast paced world that we lived in, everything was just like in a, in a, such a strange way of, about just going, this is okay. Here's something weird. So I started taking these little walks and, uh, and I was like, oh my God, there's a chicken coop in my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I've walked by this, this, this coop, like, like probably every day. And now it's become a little thing where I just stop and go and like, I look at these chickens and it's like contemplative, it was meditative, but I was like, I walk by this all the time. I didn't even see it. So I think we're, we're seeing more things. We're acknowledging more things. We're being kinder and, and supportive of, of, of more things. And I think that this is the way we should always be. And I really hope that we take this into the new normal. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's what I'm most curious to see. I love I've loved the exchanges as well and like just the outpouring of support for people or just seeing other people support each other, you know. It makes me wonder how will this translate? As you said, there's going to be traumas. There, This is a serious experience that people are going through. What do you hope to see as we, as we go through this? I really hope we can find this kind of like like global solidarity where we really start thinking about each other and taking care of each other. Like we know we see through this pandemic that like healthcare isn't available to everybody. We need to really think that, you know, everybody has the civil right to gain, to have this, you know, and that needs to be really pushed forward. So in those ways, or that, you know, everyone has accessibility to food and water. These things sound like, so, you know, like, that, that just everyone has it, but they, people don't. So I really think we need to start really thinking about globally taking care of everybody. 
And that might mean some of us might have to have less. And that's okay. Um, because I think in this sort of like capitalist society, it's a very me situation where I think we need to break the me and make it a we situation. Oh, I love that. It's a me to a we. And that's, do you think that being in quarantine is going to be necessary in the future to like, what do you think ways that we can find, continue to find this solidarity? If when we go back, maybe it fizzles out. I think it's just then a constant reminder. And that's, what I mean, like, you know, so there will be trauma, there will be residue. And I hope that also then further fulfills that we remember what happened, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. I think about th- the moment, because I think, you know, we're in this place right now and it's just so un- unknown, but I think if we get used to it, I don't want us to forget about it. So I think it's just the kind of kind of reminders that, you know, here, this is where we're at. This is where we were. And to kind of acknowledge that, you know, a lot of this for me, I've been thinking about it through the AIDS crisis when there was a pandemic with the AIDS, uh, uh, um, with the AIDS virus and how we didn't know what that was and how I was a, a child when, when, when the AIDS pandemic happened, but that residue affected me even as a teenager coming out years later. And mm-hmm. so I definitely think that, that those are things that we need to think about um, and, you know, educate. Like even like with my, with my students now, I'm always teaching them about the AIDS crisis and, and what that meant for a community. And, but this time with this pandemic, it's affecting like everybody. It's not affecting like a certain group. It's affecting the world. And that's something that's so different. And I think, you know, we really need also to remind in this, in this idea that, you know, we all want to be hopeful. We all want it to be better. We all want it to be gone. But that's not the reality. And so, you know, false hope and our government is doing that. And it's not fair because, yeah, we want it to be better. But it, a reality is, is more important to kind of perpetuate um, how we move forward. And so I really think about, you know, you know, finding solidarity and reminding ourselves to take care of the greater community. I also hope this makes people think about, you know, just the way that we treat the world, the way we treat each other. Like, you know, we have to really be aware of all of this stuff. It needs to be a we, not a me. A we. I love it. Jen and I talk about things that like we're leaning into and things that like may have surprised us. Um, I think one of our things is helping to leaning into creating these platforms for donations and really getting our hands into things that we otherwise can feel like not hopeless, but helpless, you know, and our leaning in piece is really building on how can we help other organizations? What are some things that like you found that, or you've rediscovered about yourself, or maybe it's something that you like to do that you're really leaning into and getting excited about? Um, like just like personal stuff or like more like social, like with the charitable stuff. And anything, anything, anything that you found throughout your quarantine that really brings you joy or enjoyment or just makes you happy that you maybe didn't otherwise know that you could enjoy. Well, one of the things I've been doing is like cooking. Um, I don't think I ever had time to cook or I didn't think I knew how to cook. And so I've been like making different things and it's like exciting. It's, it's, it's another way of like making another kind of art. Like it's like like, mixing ingredients and things. And I'm like super excited about that. What have you been Um, making? Oh my God. (laughs) Well, I've been making some of my mom's, um, curry recipes. Oh my God. A shrimp mango curry. Um, 
That sounds delicious. It's really good. It's like shrimp mango with coconut milk. It's so good. Um, I also started making, it's not as good as hers. I'm going to put that out there. I'm also making um, a cauliflower chickpea curry. I um, started making risotto. Um, That's such a challenge. It's so fun. I was like, then I was like, I'm going to start making like a Thai risotto with like a coconut milk like base or something. So I've just been experimenting a lot of pizzas, homemade pizzas. um, And it's just, it's just like super cute and fun. Um, As I said, I've been doing a lot of yoga. I joined a wine club. Oh, tell us more. We love a good wine. Never met a bad grape. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so exciting. And so I have a wine journal. I don't know where it, it's, it's over there. I don't know why it's there. But I have a little wine journal. Um, and so a friend uh, invited me to join his, his friend's wine club. So it's called In Grape Company. It's based here in Chicago. Wow, that's it's fun. What more could you want out of this club? So you should, you should link In Grape Company yes. as well. Uh, my friend um, Kevin runs it, and on Tuesdays and Thursdays he does um, like a wine tasting. So you just go into his Facebook page; they'll deliver the wines to you, and then he'll talk about the notes and stuff, and you just kind of hear about the wine that you're drinking. So now I can talk about wines and try to describe them and kind of know what I'm talking about. So that's just been kind of nice to do. Again, I said I'm doing like the yoga challenge, which is just good to get into my body. Um, I'm doing a lot of things where I'm checking in on people, which is really important. And then people are checking in on me. So I'm talking to a lot of friends that I haven't seen in a while, but just, just having a little bit of check-ins is really important. Um, and just to kind of be like, Hey, you know, cause when I get it, I have a friend named Tom, who's an amazing DJ in New York and scholar and academic. And he just was like, I want to check in on you. And I just, that meant so much to me. And so I'm just trying to do that with other people as well. I love that so much. We asked you about some of the ways that you are being social on Zoom right now. Uh, Well, one of the ways I'm being social on Zoom is that um, I have a gallery that represents me here in Chicago who are uh, also another chosen family. And so that's Monique Malash Gallery here in Chicago that is doing virtual um, tours of the gallery. And uh, you can still see work uh, by appointment. They'll send you stuff. But we're doing... um, on this note of wine, we're doing these wine tastings together where we're all getting the same bottles of wine and joining each other on Zoom and catching up and tasting. I'm taking on the role of being wine master, which is self appointed <laughs> Oh my gosh. Between you and Jen, you'll you'll have a field day together. So using those notes from my journal to ask them questions and what it tastes like and what note it's like. But yeah, um, Monique Malash Gallery here in the city and our team are working to do Zoom wine tastings together. Awesome. Where can they find you for those? Um, Well, it's just like a little like private Zoom that we do with each other. Oh, okay. But uh, Monique Malash Gallery is on Instagram at Monique Malash Gallery. And yeah, another thing that I've been doing is like, as I mentioned, the Zoom massage with my senior students. But we've created um, an Instagram called um, at Senior Critique, uh, which is just them showcasing their work, you know, kind of giving them a way to have a virtual a presence and showing their work to a greater public. So yeah, I'm just loving that we're doing that. And in that too, every day when I start my class, I just say to them, we do a self check-in. I'm like, how are you guys feeling? What's going on? And I say, what is your first response? The first word that comes to your head when you think about COVID-19 and how it's resonating with you today. And then we collect all the words and we're creating this like sort of like word um, um like collection uh, and it's interesting because we're comparing from week one to week five and just how our feelings are changing and how we can read into that as well so cool 
I love it. We asked you to um, send us a playlist and I don't know how much you know about me, but I work in the music industry and that's something that's so um, dear to my heart. And I've always said, let's send in a playlist so we can just send whoever um, is listening some content to keep them going throughout the week and to feel everyone's energy and vibes. Tell us a little bit about the playlist that you sent us and what it means to you and your vibe and your aura. So I love to dance. I am missing the club. I am missing going out with my friends and just going full on. But I'm trying to just keep that energy up by dancing at home and moving at home. And so <clears throat> this playlist is trying to give a little bit of that energy. It's it's not the club, like, you know, the the, the house club, but it's just like fun music that makes me feel happy. So I added uh, a number of songs that um, make me just want to move. Um, I put in... Um, um, a mixture of, of genres, uh, but I also like always have loved Motown, and yes. so I like, oh, love Motown there. Uh, so Mickey's Monkey um, is one that I remember. I should go to this club in Toronto when I was a kid. It was called the the Mod Club, and it was like a mod um, like Motown night. And like as soon as like Mickey's Monkey came on, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, I was on that dance floor. So I was like kind of going back to old things that I've been listening to. Um, I ended the playlist with um, It's My House by Diana Ross because I'm just like, I'm oh in my, my gosh. house. I I'm love that. <laughs> there. Um, but I have um, Say So by Doja Cat because I love Doja Cat. But this song was meant to be my summer Fire Island song where I'd be walking around in my Speedo yes. with my headphones, just kind of like with a glass of rosé, feeling this with like all my other like boys and girls. <laughs> so- I love did so you know so that good. the Nicki Minaj remix of that came out today? If you have not checked that out, okay, go okay, to Spotify, New Music Friday. It dropped that's today. That's going to be great. I put some Camilla Woods because she's a fellow Chicago um, uh, you know, artist, cultural worker, and I just love the vibe that she gives. Um, yeah, those are some of the things. And I put also like Georgia about the dance, about work the dance floor. So again, the kind of idea of like work, meaning like the dancers are working the labor that we give, but also the work, just the fun and the dance floor as a space of solidarity, a space of sanctuary, a space of freedom. Um, Yeah. So my dance floor is my apartment right now, you know? Who cares where it's at? I feel like you should do an Instagram live dance party because that's something that I would totally join in on um, or a Zoom. I don't know. It could be fun. Your playlists are always amazing and they just give me such the good feels. Thank you. Uh, one other thing is like for, for my students, like, you know, they're all graduating and they, and they don't get to have um, a graduation. So we're going to do a Zoom kind of um, opening. So a vernissage, but we're calling it a Zoomissage. And, <laughs> and we're going to have a little dance party. And I always thought like, you know, I'm not going to really enjoy like dancing at these parties, but it's actually fun. And a lot of my friends who are DJs, you know, another form of artists, you know, are out of work because the clubs, the bars are all closed. And so they're doing like a lot of like, you know, like Zoom parties and they're actually really fun. Like it's, you know, yeah. I love that. Well, speaking of things that we love, I know we've everything in this podcast is a good way of things we love, but 
the shit that we love right now is something that we've been trying to do every podcast. It's been really fun. I'm going to throw in my two and then I'll have you share yours next, Brennan. Um, first of all, I'm researching gardening because every around Mother's Day, which it has to be a little bit later because we live in Chicago, but um, I always like to go to Home Depot or go to Menards or something and get all these plants and make my deck like the shit. And so that's what I've been doing right now. And it's been so fun. And Joe secretly may have given me her masterclass uh, login so I can watch all the masterclass on gardening. But that and then also I just pumped up my bike tires. And let me tell you, I've never felt more mobile in my life because I haven't been out like doing anything, obviously. And bike rides, man, you I appreciate how flat the city of Chicago is because you don't really have to do a lot <laughs> to be on your bike. But those have been the shit I'm loving right now. What about you, Brennan? What am I loving? Okay, so this one is a little bit indulgent, and I, I'm, but I, uh, on Easter, my family, my sister, I should say, sent me um, a dozen cupcakes, and I was just like, oh my god, like, and this from this, and I was like, where did you get? She lives in Toronto, like, where did she's like, where did you get these from? And she's like, a bakery in your neighborhood, and so um, I've discovered Genevieve's Bakery in my neighborhood, and I'm eating a lot of cupcakes, which I'm indulging in, yes. and I'm, they're they're amazing. There's like purple velvet, uh, like, yeah. And, and Genevieve is, um, um, a Filipino background. And so a lot of them are like influenced by Filipino, like, uh, like, like traditional recipes. So it's like a cupcake, but it has a whole like other kind of thing. So I'm actually going to go after this. To get <laughs> and, um, but I also have been really indulging in like, things like beauty products and like so I was thinking I was talking to you guys about the ordinary buying a number of like products just to keep myself feeling cute and pretty and and just taking care of myself Joe what about you um well with the I'm not gonna say warm weather I'm gonna say slightly warmer weather and today is the first day we've seen the sun in a while so I've been really enjoying spending time with um my husband who's now working from home and um our dog Wally just like our home is really close to the park and so it's really nice to just be able to go for little family walks and just spend time with each other and let Wally kind of run free um I'm also loving online shopping I I have no business buying a pair of rigid denim right now. It just seems, <laughs> feels, feels a little scary that it's rigid, but I feel like because they're high waist, they might be more forgiving. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> okay, so I'm guilty as well. I'm buying a lot of things online, um, and I may have just bought a pair of white acne jeans. Oh, well, we're going to need a fashion show. Yeah, for that. I can't wait. This is the time to do it. I mean, why not? Well, yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm, I'm picturing it now, Brendan, pour yourself a glass of rosé from your wine club, put on your pants, have your dance party, no shirt, maybe a necklace, your, your, your iconic chain that you always wear, and I'm just, I'm picturing it, you're mentally in Fire Island. Oh, yeah. No, I also think, because when this started, I was on spring break. And so I was having, <laughs> I turned up the heat really hot and I was wearing a speedo, just like dancing around in here. Because the, the beginning of this whole thing, it didn't, I didn't even know what to, but it, it was still being conceptualizing what they all would meant. And so I literally like made spring break in the apartment, you know, 
I was like wandering around in my Speedo drinking like rosé. It was really hot. I was like, oh, this feels good. And so, yeah. <laughs> Had I known, I would have sent you one of my inflatable full mangoes to add to your party. <laughs> like who can give us some sand from North Ave Beach? Like how can I, we right. get? <laughs> we'll just, we'll get a wheelbarrow and we'll, we'll cart it over. <laughs> the sun's out today and I'm excited that tomorrow's supposed to be really nice. Yes, the weekend's going to be excellent. Well, Brennan, we are so excited not just to see you and hug you um, and put our bikinis and Speedos on this summer if we get to enjoy the Soho House pool, but we are just so thankful that you wanted to come on the Cutie Podcast. We love you so much. Um, Can you tell people where can they find you right now, your site, your IG? Share us. Give us the beats. Thank you. And again, so much fun. You guys gave me light and life today and always, but today in this little podcast, um, you can find me at, at Brendan Fernandez on IG and that's Fernandez with an S and at my webpage, which is www.brendanfernandez.ca for Canada. We love it. Oh, well, we cannot wait to just be with you, have some fun, definitely sip some rosé, maybe with a few bubbles in there. Who knows? Yeah. Could get crazy. Thank you for the conversation. So, so excellent. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Love you. Love you guys.